Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Toxic as Fuck, where we are creating conversations around toxicity, how it manifests, and what we are doing to heal. I am joined today by Tiffany Grant, and we're talking about financial toxicity, as well as giving you some tips on how to manage your money, and just in time for the holidays. Enjoy. Today, I am talking with Miss Tiffany Grant. Hi, Tiffany. Hey, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm good. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Trying to get my life together. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I hear it. I receive it. Uh, same. <laughs> same. <laughs> so why don't you start off by telling everybody who you are and what you do? Yeah, so my name is Tiffany Grant. I run the Money Talk with Tiff podcast and blog where we talk about all things money. Um, The blog is focused on my journey to be debt-free by 30, and then the podcast is focused on other people's money stories. Um, So that's what I do. I provide financial literacy and education. Um, I do local events. I speak. The whole nine. (laughs) So you do it all concerning money. So we're going to get a lot of gems today. Oh, yeah. Always (laughs) some gems when I open my mouth. (laughs) Okay, so um, why don't you tell me a little bit, I know you just said you wanted to be debt-free by 30. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that, how you kind of came to this conclusion? Yeah, so um, I guess tying into our our toxicity conversation, right? Um, So growing up, I didn't really have any real financial role models, Um, my whole family, uh, my mom, grandma, grandpa, everybody, um, they're all spenders and they believe in debt. And so a lot of, you know, during like the 08, 09 crisis, um, they were going through bankruptcies and foreclosures and things like that because they had so much debt, um, especially credit card debt. I mean, when I say they would have stacks of credit cards like three inches high, Mm. it was crazy. Yeah. So I grew up in that environment and I realized that's not what I wanted for my myself and for my two boys now. So I was like, all right, Tiffany, you got to get your life together. That's a common theme for me. (laughs) Um, You got to get your life together and get this under control. So I started this journey when I was 26, I want to say, maybe 25. Um, And I was like, okay, you need to put your foot down. You're not doing debt. At that time, I didn't even have a credit card. Mm -hmm. Um, I went for my first credit card at 25 because I was just so traumatized from growing up. I was scared of them, to be honest. So I was like, all right, I guess it's a catch 22. In order to build your credit, you have to have a credit card to to actually get some. So um, I went ahead and got my first one, built my credit up. Um, got rid of the medical bills because that's a myth. Medical bills do count. Um, and <laughs> just throwing that out there. I just heard that the other day. Like, you know, it don't count. No. Yeah, that's a lie. Um, so I uh, got all of that cleared up, bought my first house at 26 and um, decided to just say, look, I'm getting rid of these student loans. 
I'm getting rid of all the credit card debt, everything by the time I'm 30. And when I'm 30, I just want to have a mortgage and I want to have my house done by 40. So those are my goals. Right now I'm 28. So two years, fingers crossed. (laughs) (laughs) Those are some like heavy goals. It is, but you know what? I've realized because so far I've already paid off over 50,000 in debt and I didn't even realize that's the crazy part. It wasn't until I did like my little recap at the beginning of the year and I looked back at my numbers and I was like, well, dang, like I did 50,000 in about two years. So, you know, I can probably knock out the other 50 in the next two years. So, I mean, granted, if I'm 30 and 12, I mean, 11 months, I still hit my goal, so I'm going to claim it. <laughs> um, so did you, have you ever experienced like um, that kind of out of control spending? I know you said that um, you were a little scared of credit cards and you didn't get one until 25. Um, but I know there's a lot of people out there who like <laughs> got their first credit card at 18 or like 21 and was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to spend this money. Oh, girl, yes. Um, I, <laughs> I was never that person when it came to credit cards, mm-hmm. but I was living off of student loans and tax mm. refunds um, because now, mind you, I had my first son when I was 18. So I was a teen mom. Mm-hmm. And so all throughout school, I was working, but I wasn't able to get any real good paying jobs until after I graduated. So all through school, I had to work and I was only working for like $9 an hour, you know, little jobs like that. Mm -hmm. So in order to keep a roof over our head, you know, I had to use my tax refunds and my student loans to just pay up our rent, just to to make sure that we had a place to stay. Um, So when it came to like those things, you know, I did spend, but it was all for good causes. Um, I had, I learned early on that I am a saver. I'm just innately a saver. Um, and it would have been easy to go the opposite route and be a spender like the rest of my family. But like I said, I think I was just traumatized and it just made my whole life change. <laughs> Do you have any tips? Because I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm like, oh, I wish I was like that. I'm, I'm <laughs> the total opposite of a saver. And I impulse spend where I'm just like, eh, I, I love that. I like that. This is going to look good. And then I buy it and then it sits in my closet for two years. Um, so what kind of advice do you have? Because we are, Lord, right around the corner from Christmas and the end of the year. <laughs> Any tips on kind of staying away from that excessive holiday spending Yeah. So I will say this. So everybody has their vices, right? So everybody likes what they like to spend money on. So like, for instance, mine is software and technology. I love software and technology and I will spend a lot of money on it. But one thing to remember is when you spend the money, it has to come from somewhere, right? There's only one bucket that this like all your spending comes from so i tell people like for instance when i'm going through it with my clients i'm like so i know you love tv and you want to keep your cable which is like a hundred something dollars a month so where else are we cutting like are we going to cut back on trips are we going to cut back on eating out like where is this money coming from and so that's how um i usually tackle it especially when i have spenders Um, Because you have to have a strong why as well. Like, 
just saying, oh, I want to be debt free. That's not strong enough. Like, when do you want to be debt free? What does debt free look like to you? What emotions will you have after you become debt free? And then that's how you build your whole financial um, wellness plan. So um, that's kind of what I take my spenders through. And then also just think about like, what are the short-term sacrifices you can make for a long-term gain, right? Because there's a lot of things that I would love to do. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, okay, Tiffany, if you spend money on this, this will, you know, slow down your debt payoff process. And therefore, you may not make your goal to be debt-free by 30. And then what are your readers going to think, right? <laughs> so I kind of use my blog as a way to keep me accountable, on my journey, um, because I know if I didn't have that, I probably wouldn't do it, <laughs> right? Um, but as far as the holidays are concerned, one thing that I'm doing with my kids this year, and this is going to be new, I'll let you know how it goes, um, <laughs> but I'm just going to do one big gift for each of them and call it a day. Because I've learned um, over the years that I would buy a whole bunch of different gifts and 95% of them sit in the toy box and never get played with after Christmas Day. And so there's a whole bunch of toys that they still have not touched that they will be touching on Christmas because I'm not buying any new ones. <laughs> um, but I'm just going to do one big gift per child and that's going to be our Christmas because I feel like, you know, if they really want something like, for instance, my oldest son, he's very into wrestling, WWE. Yes. <laughs> he is so into it. And the only thing he asked for was a new wrestling ring. So guess what he's getting for Christmas, that new wrestling ring. And he's going to be so happy about it. You know what I mean? Like all the other filler stuff that I used to buy that they didn't really care about. I'm not doing that this year. Um, especially because now I'm an entrepreneur entrepreneur and this is my full-time job so I have to make sure that I'm able to keep a roof over our heads so toys are taking the back seat for me this year I love that I think during Christmas time it's really easy to get caught up in like seeing all the presents underneath the tree right instead mm -hmm. of being like let's <laughs> let's spend smart or let's like get each other things that like we actually want that we're actually gonna like like you know mm -hmm. two weeks from now exactly. <laughs> that's not just gonna sit in a corner and collect dust you know <laughs> I know one of my strategies this year is staying off of Amazon because I will tell you Amazon is usually my downfall because I stay <laughs> in the deal section and I'm like oh I never knew I needed this oven mitt with the fancy pink stuff <laughs> like you know it's like it's it's stupid though like after I order it I'm like why did I just order it <laughs> but you know they have the little countdown timer right and it's, <laughs> and it's, it's like pressure, pressure right <laughs> so this year i am staying off of amazon like i'm not even gonna go on i'm gonna go ahead and order their little toys and that's it <laughs> i love it for me it's etsy where i'm like mm. why you got that app downloaded on your phone <laughs> right. that off delete it don't look at it anymore Right. And I mean, one thing that I help my clients with, like another strategy that I tell them to use is the 24 hour holdover. So go ahead and add what you want to your cart. 
and then just leave it there for the next 24 hours. And if you still feel the same way about it, or if you didn't forget about it, um, <laughs> then go ahead and purchase it because obviously you really want it. But usually after that 24 hours, you kind of have a change of heart because it's not as fresh anymore. Right. It's really like addictive. Like I'm listening to you and I'm like, yes, that sounds good in theory, but like putting it in my cart and then checking out feels so good. Like, it's just like, okay, it's on its way, but I totally get it. Cause then it's like, girl, why'd you buy that? Exactly. And it was way overpriced. You could have got that, you know, you could have went down to your local TJ Maxx and got that for whatever. Exactly. Girl, I'm right there with you. Especially when I was on my little makeup kick. Oh, I was, it was real bad. I had all of the subscriptions. I was getting all the boxes. Those boxes are a trap. I'm like, no, I cannot do it. Oh, God. Next thing you know, I'm signed up for like three different subscriptions and it's a mess. Yes, yes. But I will tell you, I have makeup for years. (laughs) (laughs) That's always good, though. (laughs) Said something about like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur now. Yes. So yes. how how has things looked different from you now that you're um, on your entrepreneurial pursuits and not at something more stable? Because I feel like that's the dream, right? Like you want, creatives out there want to pursue that and make a living off that, off your passion, off of, you know, the things that make you want to wake up in the morning. But so few of us actually get there. So how did you make that happen for yourself? And how does that look different for you now um, than it did when you were at a full-time position? Well, honestly, it's scary as hell Um, (laughs) because you kind of take away the safety net. Because, you know, you go to work, you know, you're going to get paid the first and the 15th. Like, you know, it's it's a cadence and you have that and you're safe with that. Um, I quit corporate August 30th. So I'm only like a a few months in now. But But it's very, um, it's very hard um, because you are your own marketing team. You are your own HR person. You are your own um, salesperson. Like you are it. Like there's nobody else helping you. So I work a lot. You know, I joke because there's a quote out there and it's like, um, entrepreneurs are the only people that'll quit a 40 hour day. I mean, a 40 hour week to work 80 because (laughs) I mean, that's exactly what you do. Like I work literally every single day, but I will say my why is strong enough because I know that I'm helping other people and I wake up knowing that, you know, I'll get an email or I'll get a text message or I'll get a social media message or whatever, you know, saying, Oh, Tiffany, you know, you helped me with this. Oh, I just got approved for a house or this credit card has been paid off. And it always had a balance since I graduated college. Like, you know, it's little things like that, that keep me going. Um, so that's what I tell entrepreneurs when they're getting started. I'm like, if you want to do this full time, make sure you have a strong why. Because I have had mental breakdowns in these past few months. And the only thing that has gotten me through was that why. Mm. Because I'm like, Tiffany, if you give up, if you quit, if you stop doing this, there are thousands of people whose life you're impacting. So I'm like, okay, 
I can, I can do this. I can do this. Like, you know, and then I give myself a little talk because what I'm doing is I'm so passionate about and I feel like I make such an impact that that's what keeps me going. Mm. So, um, but I will say how I did it. Cause I kind of went around the question, I guess, <laughs> but how I did it. Um, I did plan for it. Kind of. Um, I did save up quite a bit um, because, of course, I'm into money. So I did have a plan. I'm like, okay, I saved up X amount a month. So I know I can sustain off of this, you know, until I can get cash flow going. Because that's another thing when you're an entrepreneur, it's slow to start. Um, you're, you're not going to be where you want to be when you first start. So it's good to make sure you have a cushion to make sure you can pay your bills until you get the momentum going. I love that you said that. And I feel like it's super important because in this age of social media, we just see the final product. Exactly. We're not seeing the work that goes in behind the scenes. We just see the polished product that's in front of us. And it's really easy to like get lost in that. Girl, yes. And I like make it a point to let my social media followers know, my um, readers know of my blog. I'm like, look, this is not easy. Like I went live the day after I had that mental breakdown. I went live on Facebook because I, I wanted people to see the real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I wanted them to see what really happens behind closed doors. And, um, you know, I have a history of depression and anxiety. And I'm one of those people that that's very open about it um, because I feel like that's healing in and of itself. I feel like that's the perfect leeway to the, the question that I ask all my guests, which is what does toxicity mean for you? What does that look like to you? Um, I think toxicity is anything that anything or anyone that is not looking out for your best interest so, and that's not to say everybody needs to agree with you because you can have constructive criticism and it not be toxic, but it becomes toxic when the person is being malicious or when whatever, you know, it is, is with malicious intent. Then to me, that becomes toxic. And what about when it comes to like your finances? How do you like see toxicity in that sense? Um, I guess I would say, you know, back to what I was saying about how I grew up, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like you can have toxic behavior when it comes to your finances. Like, for instance, I don't know if you've heard of, um, uh, what is it called? The poverty tunnel? Anyway, it's like tunnel vision. So when you're in poverty, you're only thinking about how you can get food on the table, for instance, right? So you're like, okay, let me go ahead and use this credit card because it's the only way I can have food on the table. But then it's not thinking about long-term. So after the month is over and the credit card bill comes, now you have to pay that. So I see that there's toxicity in behaviors um, and there's toxicity in not talking about things that need to be talked about. And money for me is one of them. Um, a lot of people don't talk about money. And if you don't talk about it, then how are we going to fix the issues that we have? So I think being silent can be toxic. <laughs> mm. um, so, you know, there, it comes in many different forms, many different forms. 
And I feel like we're conditioned to be silent about money, right? Like that's not Mm -hmm. something you talk about. Exactly. And for me, that's part of the problem. Like even in, cause my background's in HR, right? So even in HR, you know, people talk about their salary and stuff, you know, HR people don't like that. You know, businesses don't like that because then you're telling other people, you know, how much you're worth compared to them, mm-hmm. you know? So um, salaries is usually hush-hush. When it comes to households, um, parents don't like to talk to kids about money. Um, They're just like, oh, they don't need to know about that. Mm -hmm. Or if the family's struggling, you know, it's like the kids don't need to worry about that. I tell my kids everything when it comes to money because I want them to know what it's really like out here. Like I tell them, look, when you get, you know, money from grandparents, parents, whatever, you have three buckets that you can put it in. You can either spend it, save it, or give. And you have to put something in each one of those. Like you can't spend everything. You can't save everything. You can't give everything. Like some money has to go in each one of those buckets. And I'm teaching them that so they can realize that A, it's not all about them. <laughs> because a lot of kids just want to spend money because they think it grows on trees mm-hmm. and that's just not how it works. And then I also tell them, you know, in order to get these big ticket items that you want, you need to save it. Like you can't spend, let's say you want a $20 item, you can't keep spending your $10, then you'll never get to $20. So I want to make sure that they know how money really works. You know, I've talked to them about time value of money. So I'm like, look, if you save $10 from now until you turn 18, this is how much you'll have. Like, you know, that type of thing. Um, Because I want them to know this stuff and realize that, you know, (laughs) there's, there's a funny story real quick. One of my clients, they told me when they were little, you know, they used to whisper to their mom, like their mom would be like, oh, I don't have money for that. And they'll be like, just write a check. (laughs) Because they didn't understand how checks worked. (laughs) So they thought, you know, if their mom just writes a check, the money just comes out of nowhere, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So it's important to catch them young. So that way they know how all of these things work. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm just thinking about <laughs> like the posts on social media where it's like, well, another day's passed by and I haven't used the Pythagorean theorem or like, right. <laughs> like there's no need to know what an acute angle is or whatever. And it's like, no, but seriously, why aren't we putting more stock into teaching kids about taxes and money and credit cards and debt and what the weight of going to colleges because there's so many mm-hmm. colleges when people leave there they're leaving with hundreds and thousands of dollars in debt and you're mm-hmm. just like drowning in it with you know companies asking you to work for $15 an hour like I know you have your bachelor's but you know mm-hmm. <laughs> work for this minimum wage or whatever and it's just it's so ridiculous out here Girl, I am trying. I am trying so hard, especially locally. So I volunteer with Junior Achievement a lot. So listeners, I know you have a Junior Achievement in your area. Definitely volunteer with them because they teach um, elementary, middle, and high school kids about entrepreneurship, um, managing their money, um, and things like that. So I volunteer with them a lot. 
but they can't help everybody, right? So I've started like a grassroots type movement where I'm at my kids' school because Junior Achievement has never visited there and have no plans to visit there. And it's a Title I school. So it's, um, you know, every a lot of people there are low income. So I'm hosting a financial literacy week at that school in April during financial literacy month. And you know, nobody said, Tiffany, come do this. I'm just like, look, this is a need. This is something that needs to happen in my community and I'm going to make it happen. Um, so not only that, I talk to college students a lot. I'm trying to get the local colleges here in Greensboro to realize that this needs to be a mandatory course. Like when people are juniors or seniors, they need to know about budgeting, they need to know about saving, investing, even employee benefits. Like, so that way when they get their benefits package, they know what they're looking at and they know how to maximize that benefits package. So girl, I'm trying. <laughs> I am trying to be out here in these streets and get this financial literacy going. I love that so much. And I really do appreciate you and the work that you're doing because even that just, you know, I'm triggered over here. That really <laughs> just touched something within me because I'm like, I just, what I called it was two years ago. I just got like my, my big girl job where mm -hmm. I was like, wait, I'm not on my parents' insurance. I'm off mm -hmm. at 26. Hold on. Mm -hmm. so, so what does that mean for me? What's happening? What's going on? And then I finally get a job where, you know, I have benefits and all this stuff. And literally they're explaining, you know, what it means, but I'm still kind of lost. Even today, I was just like trying to re-enroll for my benefits. And I was like, I really need help. I do not know what this means. At a whole 28, I'm just looking at this and so lost. And it's like, I wish I would have had some type of background knowledge. And, you know, because at this age, I'm like, well, now I'm expected to just like know what all this stuff is being thrown at me. And I don't have a clue. Girl, and you're not the only one. Like, that's what I learned in my HR career was a lot of people don't know anything about the benefits, including the HR people. Mm -hmm. So it's like, who is supposed to help these people? And then so the HR people look towards the benefit providers to come in and do like a one hour lunch and learn or give them some brochures or some handouts or whatever. But none of that is helpful. So that's another thing that I'm trying to work on is to get into corporations and mesh my experience in HR and finances and really explain to the employees how the benefits work, how to optimize them, what they mean. I mean, people ask me all the time, like, what is a stock option? You know, my company sent me this letter saying I can purchase. What should I do? Like, you know, that type of thing. And nobody's breaking the information down for people and I mean it all ages I mean I've helped people that were like 50s 60s still don't know what their benefits are so um it's definitely it it needs to be it needs to happen <laughs> that makes me so mad like what <laughs> yes uh -huh. It needs to, it needs to change. And I'm out here, I'm only one person, but I, I promise you I'm out here trying to do the work. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for you and all you are doing. I wish you were up here in Boston because girl, I need, I need your help. This is why you're here. Girl, I can make a trip. <laughs> Don't put that past. <laughs>
gonna hold you to that too like oh girl <laughs> girl you ain't said nothing but a word <laughs> i am here to help and if you need me to come to your company oh girl let the hr people know <laughs> Let me let them know, like, listen, I'm confused and I'm sure a whole bunch of other people are. And, you know, it's this thing where it's like, sometimes people don't even feel comfortable speaking up. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you'll have whole, um, you know, like hour lunches or whatever for um, onboarding and them to tell you all this stuff. And you still leave there feeling like, well, I- I'm still lost. I'm still confused. Yeah, see, I'm all about grassroots movement. So even when I was in HR, I was putting on my own workshops and seminars um, in the building. Mm. And, um, you know, I was breaking down HSAs and the 401k plan and all of that stuff because, and, and the crazy part is people will come up to me after it was over. Now, mind you, these are people that have worked there for years. They came up to me after it was over like, oh, I didn't notice. Oh, I'm about to sign up tomorrow. And I'm like, nobody took the time. Like I did that on my own time, like putting together the PowerPoint and all of that stuff. Nobody took the time to educate these employees on their benefits and therefore they're not signing up for them. So uh, (laughs) it just makes me very mad, but that's why I'm out here trying to do the work. That's exactly why. That's beautiful. I appreciate you. And I'm going to tell you from now, we're we going to have you back again in April for Financial Literacy Month. Yes. See, I didn't even know that either. Like, yes. hold on. <laughs> Put it on your calendars. <laughs> like, I'm going I'm, I'm to start getting my life together in January, but I know to ramp it up in April and reassess and look at other things. Ooh. Yeah, because you're going to be like, Tiffany about to come back on. I need to have some... <laughs> I need to have some wins. <laughs> uh, let me ask her the real question. Let me get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> Girl, I've had clients tell me that my name has become a curse word in their household. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> I love that so much. Okay, so let's jump right into the viral topics for yes. today's show. So this segment is a tweet, a meme, anything in between that really gets the conversation going on social media. So I just want your thoughts on a few things that I've pulled together. Are you ready? Yes. (laughs) Okay, let's pull this up. So the first one, I feel like, I I don't know, do you know who my leak is? No. So my leak teal, like, she's just... Oh, girl, go follow her because she, she's everything. But I feel like I pull up quotes from her every single episode because she's just like, she's a gem dropper. So her quote is, when you aren't clear with your goals, you've already given yourself an out. You don't have any marks to hit. And then in all caps, get clear, which I feel like you touched on a little bit, but I want you to touch on a little bit more because I feel like, Every year, those New Year's resolutions come around and they don't mean a thing. You pass by another year with the same goals you had the year before, and it's because it's too vague. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You definitely want to have some smart goals. So specific, measurable, attainable. Um, uh, Lord, what's the R? <laughs> retinol, girl, I don't know. Retinol? <laughs> Not 
know. <laughs> I was like, I should know this, but I don't. I'm so um, realistic. There we go. Yes, there and, and time constraints. So you want to have your goals laid out in that way. So that way they're like, if you make a vague goal, like I want to be debt free, right? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Like, how much money is that? Um, like, how much are you paying off? When do you want to have it done by? How are you going to do it? Like, all of that needs to be within your goal, not like an afterthought. So I, every year, so I do a, a financial recap slash goals blog post every year. And so I write down all of my goals. Now, the blog post doesn't have everything in detail, but I have a planner that does have everything in detail. Um, I just do like a brief overview for the blog. Um, But I make sure I put those goals out there, you know, in detail and at the beginning of the year. And then every three months, I'm checking, you know, am I on track? Am I... because I have goals set out when I, at the beginning of the year, when I set my goals, I have a three month mark, six month mark, um, nine month mark. And then of course the 12 month mark. So I set all of that out at the beginning of the year. Like I don't wait and see, Ooh, well, what am I going to do now? <laughs> you know, oh, wow. All of that is set in stone. So all I have to do is make sure it comes to fruition. So for instance, one of my goals this year was to pay off $10,000 in debt. Um, I set that goal January 1st and I had reached it by February or March. Right. So I'm like, okay, I reached that goal. So now what's my next one? But if I didn't already have that number in mind, then I would have been like, okay, so how much have I paid off? What am I doing? Like, you know, (laughs) right? yeah. So you definitely have to make sure that that's, you have the smart goals. That's so funny because like, this is me every single year where it's like, if you're really saying what your goals are then you should you should be hitting those marks three marks uh three months six months uh nine months a year where I feel like it's really easy to be all willy-nilly and like (laughs) you know I got 12 months to do this like Mm -hmm. I don't even gotta (laughs) even think about it the first three months oh and now summer's rolling around you know I don't really gotta think about that right now let me think about it in September. You know, mm-hmm. it's really easy to keep pushing back and pushing back. And really, because at the beginning of the year, it's so funny how you feel like you have all this time. And then by the end of the year, you're like, what did I do? What just happened? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how you can prevent that feeling <laughs> is to make sure you have check-ins and you're measuring your progress towards your goals. Another thing I will say is to make sure you write it down because I didn't start doing that until this year. And when I say my goal progress has been on overdrive since I simply wrote it down, <laughs> like it's power in just writing stuff down. And I've learned that this year. So everything that I want to do, I start, I started writing it down. Okay. So smart goals and writing those smart goals down. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Definitely. Okay. So let's move on to the next quote. 
which is nobody wants to tell you why discipline is so important. Discipline is the strongest form of self-love. It is ignoring current pleasures for bigger rewards to come. It's loving yourself enough to give yourself everything you've ever wanted. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I love that because that is what I preach all the time. When I talk to people about budgeting, I'm like, it's discipline. Like you can, like, like I said before, you can spend money on whatever you want to spend it on. But you have to realize that it has to come from somewhere. So you have to be disciplined enough to say, look, this is what's important for me right now. This is what I'm aiming towards. And this is what I'm going to do. And it goes back to the goals, <laughs> you know, so it, it, it all ties in together. But yeah, I, I, I tell people because everybody's like, oh, my gosh, you paid off 50000 in debt. How did you do it? Discipline. Simple. That's it discipline like you have to be disciplined in order to make these lofty goals work so how do you like kind of build that discipline muscle because I Mm -hmm. feel like a lot of times like whether it be new year's resolutions or your birthday or whatever it be that comes around a a lot of stuff is driven off of like motivation you're like yeah Mm -hmm. I'm pumped I'm I'm ready to get this done and then three months later it's like well what happened to that goal Well, I will tell you what I'm not disciplined in. (laughs) And that is being healthy because I I love food and (laughs) I love food and I did not like working out. So, (laughs) um, and that combination, (laughs) but I will say lately I have started, you know, forcing myself to be better. And you know why? I have a strong why now. So I didn't have a strong why before. I'm like, okay, yeah, I want to lose weight. Yeah, I want to be, let's just say 170 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, I want to lose 30 pounds. But what else? Like, <laughs> like, you know, so what made me decide to change was my asthma and being out of breath whenever I need to just walk to the car. You know what I mean? So I was like, all right, Tiffany, you need to stick around for your boys. You need to live a healthier lifestyle. Um, so what are you going to do? <laughs> like, it's, it's beyond just a weight thing at this point. Like, this is affecting your health. Like, I was having issues with asthma, of course, anxiety, depression, stress, all of this stuff. And I realized that going to the gym or just simply working out, doing some jump jack, dancing in the living room um, helps me with all of that. So I'm like, okay, this is what you need to do in order to make sure you're your best self for your kids. So now I have a strong why, and then it makes it that much easier for me to do. Now, I'm not going to say I'm perfect (laughs) because I am not. (laughs) I went all the way to a gym today and did not work out. <laughs> what did you do? Well, wait, hold on. And all, so let me just explain. I went there to purchase the membership and I ran out of time. <laughs> I needed to get back home because I had some other stuff to take care of. But I was like, okay, you didn't make it to the gym, but let me go ahead and dance because I love to dance. So I threw on some music on Alexa and I just danced around the living room for a little while. And then I went back to work. So, you know, it can just be like little small baby steps. And the same thing when it comes to money, just baby steps. Like, 
that extra $20, put it towards your student loans and just tackle it little by little. And next thing you know, you look back and you're like, dang, I look good. Or, <laughs> um, you know, dang, I just paid off so much, you know, but it just takes those little things. I tell people just get started, just get started and then worry about the rest later. That is so important because baby steps are still moving you forward, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anything and that's what I tell people too I'm like even if you aren't to where you want to be as long as you're working towards your goal you're making progress so don't get discouraged because you didn't get to a size 12 by November like you know what I mean mm-hmm. like as long as you're making these little baby steps you're making small progress is something and it's better than the alternative, which is nothing. So <laughs> I hear that. Which is I love this Instagram page. It's called the Financial Diet. Okay. And there are just so many gems on there. One that includes, I was like, um, yes, a word. So the quote is, it's not in my budget is a complete sentence. Like <laughs> there's no wavering here. And that is so true. I love these quotes. Um, I might have to take a few. But um, no, but that is so real because a lot of people, like for instance, so I had a client, right? She realized, so she didn't realize that she was spending $800 a month and going out, getting drinks, you know, hanging with friends, things like that until I made her sit down and we went through all her transactions, right? And we categorized all of them. And then by the time we were done, she was like, oh my gosh, I spent how much? And she was like, I just love spending time with my friends. I can't say no. And I'm like, look, it's either you want to pay down this $10,000 credit card or you want to spend time with your friends. Which one is more important to you? And from our conversation, you're telling me that the credit card is making you stay up at night. So what are we going to do? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, that's why I'm like... I am quick to say, I don't have the funds for that. Um, (laughs) Anybody in my family, friends, everybody will tell you Tiffany is very frugal. And if if it doesn't make financial sense to me, I'm not going to do it. Um, You know, a lot of my friends, they know not to ask me out unless it's free entry. Um, (laughs) We pre-gaming ahead of time. (laughs) Don't even ask. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, you can just say, look, it's not in my budget, period. And that's it. Like you don't owe an explanation to anybody. Nobody else is under the debt that you're under or having to pay your bills for you. And if they are, congratulations, I need one of those. But, um, (laughs) but you don't owe an explanation to anybody. Like I simply tell people, look, I don't have it right now. And they looking at me like, you the money, you know, you the money queen, you the money expert, what you mean you don't have it? Like I said, I don't have it (laughs) because I have other goals that are more important right now. So yeah, definitely use that no flex that no muscle (laughs) I love that and like I'm taking notes over here like I'm gonna be listening to this episode over and over again because I'm definitely that friend there's like this other like 
kind of meme floating around that's like, don't ask me out to dinner because I'm going to say, yeah, leave me alone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm that friend. Like, uh, I, I know I should probably not do that, but like a margarita and like some food that's already cooked sounds real good to me. But, but the thing is, everything in moderation, like mm-hmm. that's all that matters in life, period, is moderation. Anytime you overdo something, you're asking for trouble, whether it's um, drugs, alcohol, money, spending money, like, you know, as long as it's in moderation. So if you go out every so often, girl, go out and have fun, but you can't go out every single time they ask you to go out because their money situation is not set up like your money situation, Mm -hmm. whether it's more or less, like, you know what I mean? So definitely look out for you and be your best self. Like I had a situation and I know I talk a lot, but (laughs) bear with me. Keep talking, girl. Uh, (laughs) Bear with me. But I had a situation where back in 2016, I bought a brand new Honda CRV straight off the lot. And the only reason I did was because I had family with me and they was like, well, Tiffany, you know, you might as well get what you're going to get, you know, (laughs) you know, in my ear with that. So I ended up getting it. But if I would have just stuck to my guns, said, no, you know, you're not the one paying for this. I'm the one paying for this. I'm the one that's going to have to make these $400 a month car payments, not you. And just said, look, it's not in my budget. Then I probably would be in a better situation even today because I wouldn't have had two years of paying $400 a month. Mm. Now I did get rid of the car in 2018 So last year, um, because I was like, Tiffany, this is stupid. Like this goes against everything that you tell people about, right? (laughs) Like this goes against everything. So I was like, I felt convicted in myself. I'm like, dang, I let my family and friends talk me into this car that nobody else is paying for but me. Hmm. So I sold it and I downgraded. I mean, I'm not even going to say a downgrade. I got a 2010. It's uh, Mazda CX-7, so it's the same size, same color, black, um, <laughs> you know, and it, it gets me from point A to point B, works perfectly fine, and now I don't have a car payment anymore because I made that move. So if I would have kept listening to everybody, you know, with the high dollar stuff, I would still be paying $400 a month even to this day, but now I don't have a car payment at all. So flexing that no muscle, you know, <laughs> and and don't get me wrong, it takes a lot to build that muscle up, but, um, you know, it can definitely benefit you in the long run. I love that. I have, <laughs> there, there was another quote, like it, it feeds directly into exactly what you were just saying, it, but I'm like, I was like, whew, when I saw it and like, when you just said that, I was like, whew. exactly it's give yourself permission to spend money on what you actually want not what others would be impressed by bam there it go (laughs) (laughs) bam there it goes (laughs) because i will tell you my family friends still love me the same even though i have a 2010 mazda cx7 and not the 2016 honda crv they still love me the exact same nobody even cared (laughs) nobody cares and that's what I tell people because 
another thing, I like to thrift shop. So a lot of my closet comes from the thrift store. And I learned that by working at one. And I realized that all of these uh, millionaires and doctors and lawyers and all of these, you know, um, people that are up there <laughs> when it comes to net worth shop at the thrift store. Mm-hmm. So then it changed my mindset. I'm like, well, shoot, maybe I'm doing this all wrong. <laughs> like, so I started shopping at a thrift store and I have friends that are like, Oh, I could never, you know, I'm not putting somebody's old stuff on me, you know, that type of situation. But I'm like, look, that's what they make washing machines and dryers for. Mm-hmm. And not only that, when you go into a store thinking you're buying something brand new, it could have been a return. It could have been somebody tried it on right before you walked in the store. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> like, you just don't know. And I'd rather go ahead and save some money on clothing because that's not that important to me and put that extra money somewhere else. So anyway. Bam. There we go. People don't really care. And honestly, people don't even know that I shop at thrift stores until I tell them. Right. Because people are like, oh, you dress nice. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, girl. Where you get that from? And when I say the thrift store, they're like, what? (laughs) So from outside appearance, like nobody cares about any of that. But for me, I'm saving money. So. I love that because it's a trap that we all can so easily fall into where it's like well what is that person gonna think and you know what what is whoever gonna think and it's like well what do you think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it all goes back to discipline again everything feeds back into discipline <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because flexing that no muscle is a form of discipline too like how disciplined are you towards getting what you want or, you know, making what you want to happen, happen, um, and not focusing on other people. So I think that has helped me tremendously because I don't care. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I do not care. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me today. I feel like I got a, I got a lot of stuff that I definitely need to be thinking about going into 2020. Yes, 2020 clear vision. (laughs) Vision board where? Just this episode. Right. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Absolutely. Why don't you tell the audience where they can find you? Yeah, so you can find me moneytalkwitht.com. That's where you'll find the blog. Um, Also, I have a podcast, Money Talk with Tiff, and that's on all of the... um, listening platforms so apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher soundcloud everywhere um and then you can also find me on social media at money talk with i mean dot com mm, <laughs> at money talk with t and that's on twitter facebook um instagram pinterest and then i'm also on linkedin if you want to follow me there tiffany grant I love the connections. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Well, once again, thank you for joining me. And that is a wrap for another episode of Toxic as Fuck. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Hi, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode and all the episodes I've put out thus far. Um, definitely let me know what you think. I can be reached at uh, Toxic AF Pod on Instagram as well as on Twitter at Ellis the Poet. That is E L Y S the Poet on Twitter. Um, 
And yeah, definitely leave a rating and a review if you're liking what you're hearing. And let me know what you want to talk about, because I'll find somebody to come on and talk about it with me. (laughs) Stay tuned for the next episode, guys. I appreciate the love and support. Bye.